Welcome to the One God Report. The title of this episode is called, Jesus is Not a Human Person. According to Trinitarian Theology or Deity of Christ Christology, Jesus is not a human person. Jesus only had a human nature. This was a presentation that I gave at the Theological Conference of Restoration Fellowship. It may be easier if you have the possibility to watch the YouTube video of this episode. I'll put it on the Bill Schlegel YouTube channel because I'm going to be reading quite a bit from texts of Trinitarian theologians to explain just exactly what they mean when they say that Jesus is not a human person, but only has a human nature. The idea that Jesus is not a human person is called the anhypostasis of Jesus Christ. Anhypostasis means without a person. The word hypostasis had come to mean the idea of personhood or the self. Anhypostasis of Jesus Christ therefore means that he's not a human person. Now, if somebody told me when I was a Trinitarian or Deity of Christ believer that Jesus was not a human person, I would have said, what are you talking about? Of course he's a human person. But I didn't know the real Trinitarian theology or Christology on this. And I don't want to just create a straw man and knock down the straw man. What I'm going to do here is present about four or five explanations by Trinitarians that describe that according to their theology, and that's accepted church theological dogma, Jesus was not a human person. Let's look at the first one. This is from an article by David Mathis. He is the executive editor of the Desiring God Ministries webpage. That's the organization that John Piper was involved in starting. And all these articles you can find on the web, you can see the links here, and I'll put them in the show notes. So David Mathis, and I have to say all the honor to him, at least he's trying to tackle this question. And because most people don't want to tackle this question, you'd rather just leave it in sort of a fog Because once a person starts to explain it, it starts to shine a bit of a light on what somebody really does believe. And it, I think, would cause the average Christian to say, wait, hold on a second. That's really what I believe? Something's wrong here. Okay, so from this article called The Anhypostasis, What Kind of Flesh Did Jesus Take? The author says, The famous All-Church Council of Chalcedon in 451 confirmed with clarity that Jesus is one person with two natures, full divinity and full humanity. But after the council, years of further discussion ensued. That's kind of ironic that he says that the church council with clarity confirmed, but then after the council, there's years of further discussion. I guess it wasn't so clear. Continuing, how is it that one person can have two natures? When the Son of God took on humanity— Did that not mean that he was taking to his divine person a second human person as part of that humanity? Is he not two persons if he has two natures? He continues, enter the theological term anhypostasis. The Greek word hypostasis had come to refer in the early church discussions to what we'd call personhood, whether in the Trinity or in the two-natured person of Jesus. And so the negating prefix an, 
and in front of the and hypostasis, was added to signify that, considered on its own, apart from his divinity, Jesus' humanity is impersonal. He continues, in other words, Jesus took a fully human nature, but he did not take a human person. Jesus can have a fully human nature without also taking a pre-existing human personhood. Well, that's certainly comforting, but it's really just a waving of a magic wand to say that, that Jesus can have a fully human nature without also taking a pre-existing human personhood. Really? Okay. I think what I'm doing here, to use an analogy of thinking about purchasing a car, you look at the outside or the body of the car, and it looks okay. But when you open up the hood, there's no engine in it. And deity of Christ theology may put together an external philosophical exterior, kind of looks nice. It's a nice looking shell. But when you look inside it just a little bit, there's, there's nothing there. There's no engine. Or in our case, there's no human person in the Jesus of deity of Christ Christology. And considering who Jesus is, is not like deciding if you want to buy a car or not. This decision has much greater consequences. So we better look under the hood and see what's real. Now here's another article uh, from a Catholic writer. The title of his article is, God Became Man Without a Human Self, Hypostasis. Quoting from the article, When looking at him, Jesus Christ, we see one person. But when we discern who he is in that person, we find he is one person with two natures, God and human. This is where confusion and debate springs up. That's an understatement. Continuing, this, for many of us, seems rather odd. The perfect human is not a human person. The perfect human has no specific human self. Okay, so again, what I want to emphasize, it's not me saying this about the deity of Christ. These are deity of Christ theologians themselves, declaring, stating that Jesus has no specific human self. He is not a human person. Now let's look at one of the premier church historians. His name is Philip Schaff. He was a real scholar, and he wrote a monumental work called The History of the Christian Church. He lived in the 1800s. He was born in Switzerland, educated in Europe, but spent most of his adult life teaching in seminaries on the East Coast of the United States. And thanks to Greg Logan for alerting me to the Schaff references. So Schaff writes, The anhypostasia, impersonality, or to speak more accurately, the enhypostasia. We're going to look at that word a little bit more in just a second. See, the en, the in-person, putting a person in Jesus. The enhypostasia of the human nature of Christ this is a difficult point, but a necessary link in the orthodox doctrine of the one God-man. For otherwise, we must have two persons in Christ, and after the incarnation, a fourth person, and that a human in the divine trinity. See what he's saying there? If Jesus is a real human person, then the trinity would have four persons, right? You'd have God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and then the human person Jesus. You'd have four persons in the divine trinity. Continuing with Schaff, 
The center of personal life in the God-man resides unquestionably in the Logos, who was from eternity the second person in the Godhead and could not lose his personality. He united himself, as has been already observed, not with a human person, but with human nature. And the human nature of Christ had no independent personality of its own besides the divine. So once again, here's another testimony from a Trinitarian deity of Christ theologian, that there was not a human person, that the human nature of Christ had no independent personality of its own. He was not a human person. Now let's listen to a couple of videos by William Lane Craig. He's a rather well-known apologist. He debates atheists and, and other Christian topics. He's a professor of philosophy at Houston Baptist University and research professor of philosophy at Talbot School of Theology. His website is reasonablefaith.org. I'm going to play a video here, and there's one word that's kind of garbled. The word solve is garbled in the video. Craig will talk about how at the Council of Chalcedon, they didn't solve the problem of the incarnation. They only defined the language or the parameters that one should use to describe the incarnation. Let's listen to his videos. Well, what the Council of Chalcedon did was to set down, as it were, boundary markers that enabled theologians to know what was the safe channel within which they could move for orthodox Christological speculation. It didn't solve the question of the incarnation, but it did set down boundaries to the right and the left, which you must not cross. And the watchword of Chalcedon is that you must neither divide the person nor confuse the natures. You mustn't divide the person of Christ into two persons. There was not a divine person and a human person, the man Jesus. That in Christ, we have one person with two complete natures. It seems to me that that is correct. Um, secondly, the Logos is the rational mind of Jesus, so that Jesus Christ is the second person of the Trinity. Therefore, there is only one person in Christ. There is not a human person. There is no man, Jesus of Nazareth, who is a human person. You have a divine person who has a human nature. Let's hear one of his last statements again, where he says, Therefore, there is only one person in Christ. There is not a human person. There is no man, Jesus of Nazareth, who is a human person. Therefore, there is only one person in Christ. There is not a human person. There is no man, Jesus of Nazareth, who is a human person. Wow, that's scary. To deny that there is a man, Jesus, who is a human person. Okay, so now let's look at the solution in the deity of Christ Christology. The word enhypostasis. Here's an article from a website called Got Questions. It's an evangelical webpage titled, What are enhypostasis 
and anhypostasis. Quoting from the article, Christ is anhypostatic in that Christ's human nature is not personal in itself, but was also enhypostatic in that it was personalized by being united to the eternal person who is the second person of the Trinity. This makes his hypostasis or personhood fully human and fully divine. Again, that's the waving of a magic wand. But he says, Jesus Christ was not a human person. There wasn't a second person that when, when the eternal second person of the Trinity came into the womb of Mary, there was never a, a human person there. He didn't have to kick out another human person to take on that flesh. His flesh was impersonal. So how does it become a person? The second person of the Trinity makes that humanity personal. But it's all just smoke and mirrors, philosophical speculation. And the writer has to end up by saying, sometimes words seem to make the issue more complicated than it needs to be. If the words en hypostasis and an hypostasis help us to understand and explain the incarnation to others, then they are useful. If they only complicate the issue, we can communicate the same concept this way. Two natures, one person. That's just the way it is. Don't look under the hood of the car. It's just two natures, one person. But it totally guts the personhood from the man, Jesus of Nazareth. Continuing with the same article, the author says, Jesus did not seize another human in appropriate control of that human's nature. We could say that the humanity that he put on was impersonal. Jesus added to his divine nature in person, and what was added was a real human nature, not a human person. See, there's not an addition of a human person when God became man, so to say, or when God incarnated into flesh. Continue to read from the article. Christ's genuine human nature is in addition to his genuine divine nature, and he remains one unified person, not two. I think most Christians, in their own mind, flip back and forth, thinking that sometimes Jesus is a divine person, and sometimes he is a human person. Like I say, I think if somebody had told me when I was a Trinitarian, you don't believe that Jesus is a human person. I would have said, what are you talking about? Of course I do. But I'd never really lifted up the hood to take a look at what my deity of Christ theology really meant. Now I'm going to continue with one more quote from this article. Christ is anhypostatic in that Christ's human nature is not personal in itself, but also enhypostatic in that it is personalized by being united to the eternal person who is the second person of the Trinity. This makes his hypostasis, or personhood, fully human and fully divine, just by waving the magic wand over it. Let's just finish off these testimonies from the Deity of Christ theologians by looking at another quote from the same author, the Desiring God Ministries webpage editor. He ends his article called, What is the Hypostatic Union? with a quote from Romans 5.8, but he changes Romans 5.8. Here's what he writes. He has demonstrated his love for us in that while we were still sinners, he took our nature to his one person and died for us. That's changing the scripture. The real Romans 5.8 says this, but God shows his love for us 
in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the author of this article from Desiring God Ministries has eliminated the differentiation between God and Christ. And he's saying that God died. But Romans 5.8, Paul distinguishes between God and Christ and says that Christ died for us. So what's the biblical response to the non-human personhood of Jesus Christ? First point, this is nowhere described in the Bible like the Trinity itself. There's no explanation, no discussion, no confusion, nor opposition. If anybody in the first century, Jesus or Paul or Peter, anybody, had began to say that Jesus was not a human person, there would have been no end to confusion and the opposition expressed. There's none of that. There's no opposition expressed in the Bible at all to concepts like the non-human personhood, the anhypostasis or the personalizing of human nature, the enhypostasis, by a divine being. This is not in the Bible. The Bible knows no God-man, no dual nature of Jesus the Messiah. These are all philosophical concepts created in centuries after Jesus, totally foreign to the Bible. Rather, the Bible says plainly that Jesus is a man. And there are many verses that state this. I'll read three as examples. First one from John 8:40 describes that Jesus is a human being, a man, a human person. John 8:40 Jesus said, "But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you the truth that I heard from God." And Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15:21, "For as by a man came death, that's Adam, by a man has come also the resurrection of the dead." And 1 Timothy 2:5 for there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Nowhere does anybody in the New Testament ever say the God-man, Jesus Christ. It's always the man, Jesus Christ. A second point in response to the non-human personhood of Jesus Christ. Deity of Christ theology is a complete denigration of who the man, Jesus Christ, is and of what he has done for us. The man, the human person, Jesus the Messiah from Nazareth, I'm going to quote Ephesians 5.2, loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Now, there are many other scriptures like that that talk about how Jesus gave himself. But if Jesus is not a human person, no human person gave himself up for us. No human person died and was raised from the dead. And the third point, not only does the deity of Christ theology denigrate Jesus, the human person, but deity of Christ theology attempts to eliminate the human person who has been exalted to the right hand of God Almighty. And there are many scriptures that state this, that the human, Jesus, the Messiah, has died, has been raised from the dead, and has been exalted to the right hand of God. That is, there is a human person in heaven at the right hand of God. If anything, deity of Christ and Trinitarian dogma has only an abstract human nature raised from the dead. And then 
apparently reincarnated, I never really thought about this, if Jesus just took on human nature, was his resurrection just sort of a reincarnation with the Logos, eternal God, the Son, once again took on human flesh? I never really thought about it. But if anything, they've only got this abstract human nature raised from the dead in heaven at God's right hand. However, by Trinitarian dogma and definition, even the abstract human nature has been eliminated. Otherwise, their definition of God would be three persons in two essences, right? If Jesus Christ had a human nature, as Trinitarian deity of Christ people want to say, you would say that God now is three persons in two natures or two essences. They've eliminated even the human nature from their definition because otherwise their definition of God would be three persons in two essences or four persons in two essences if Jesus is a real human person, right? Because once again, you've got God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit, and Jesus the human person, that's four persons, and you have two essences. So they have eliminated, by definition, or they've tried to eliminate, by definition, any humanity of Jesus. In this way, deity of Christ theology is satanic. It's accusatory to the human being. It contains within it the accusation, there can't be a man at God's right hand, a mere man at God's right hand. So there's that accusation that man somehow is not worthy to be at God's right hand. But the Bible says exactly the opposite. The original intention of God creating man, God created man in his image, was to rule. And God says, rule over all of my creation. It's very clear that God has exalted a human being to his right hand. Psalm 110, verse 1, Acts 2, 33, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, over and over again in the scriptures, man has been put at God's right hand above the angels. So the deity of Christ's theology is a subtle way to accuse man. And it's also a theology of envy. It's satanic in that way. That man would be at God's right hand? No, that can't be. It's a spirit of envy and jealousy. And related to this, all deity of Christ's claims are a denial of the human person, Jesus the Messiah. That is, when they interpret scriptures, like the first verses of the Gospel of John, or Philippians chapter 2 is another very famous one, where they want to say that there was some God person that humbled himself and took on flesh, became man, Philippians chapter 2, or Colossians chapter 1 and Hebrews 1. Any scripture that they interpret as the deity of Christ, it's a denial of the human person, Jesus the Messiah. The human person, Jesus, did nothing. If you interpret Philippians chapter 2 as the God person making all these decisions and obeying, then the human person, Jesus, did nothing. Continuing in our biblical response to the non-personhood of Jesus Christ, the scripture, I believe, calls this a spirit not of God. 1 John 4, 2-3 says this, By this you know the spirit of God. Every spirit 
which confesses that Jesus the Messiah has come in the flesh, is of God. And every spirit which does not confess Jesus is not of God. This is the spirit of Antichrist, of which you heard that it was coming, and now it is in the world already. This scripture refers to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the name of the human person from Nazareth. Messiah, or Christ, is the title of the human person designated by God, Yahweh, as king or priest. Jesus, the Messiah, is not the pre-existing person. You don't say of that eternal God, the Son. You can't call him Jesus Christ. He doesn't get the name Jesus until the eighth day after his birth. So this is the human name, Jesus, and the human title, Christ. So 1 John chapter 4 is saying that Jesus, the Messiah, that's the human person, has come in the flesh. Now, what does this mean, has come? Trinitarians and deity of Christ folks want to take this as some pre-existent being that has now come only in the flesh. But this is an idiom. This is a figure of speech. And you can see it by comparing with other scriptures. The Greek word here, erkomai, it means to come on the scene. It means to be here now at this point in history. Compare Luke 7.33, the same word. John the Baptist has come eating no bread and drinking no wine. It doesn't mean that John had pre-existence and now he's come incarnated. Or John 6.14, look at the way the Jewish people think using this word comes or have come. When the people saw the sign that he had done, this is after feeding the 5,000, they said, this is indeed the prophet who comes into the world. They're using this as a figure of speech. Jesus is now on the scene. The prophet is now here. Or John 7.31, when Messiah comes, will he do more signs than this one has done? Jewish people might say, oh, wouldn't this be a good time for the Messiah to come? It doesn't mean that they think that he pre-exists. It means that he shows up on the scene now. 1 John 4.2 does not say this. It does not say every spirit is of God that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and yet is fully God. It doesn't say that. It does not say that every spirit is of God that confesses that God or one person of God has come in the flesh as Jesus Christ. It doesn't say it doesn't say that God or one person of God took on human flesh. No. It doesn't say that every spirit is of God that confesses that Jesus Christ came from some pre-existent state into the flesh. It doesn't say that. It doesn't say that God added human flesh to his nature, subsequently being composed of two natures. That's not the spirit of God. It doesn't say that every spirit is of God that confesses that God or one person of God has taken on a non-personal human nature. This is not what 1 John 4.2 says. 2 John 1.7 says that this is the deceiver and anti-Messiah, anti-Christ. 2 John 1.7, for many deceivers have gone out into the world, men who will not acknowledge the coming, same word, of Jesus the Messiah in the flesh. Such a one is the deceiver and the antichrist. Now, the word anti can mean being against, and I believe that this idea of the deity of Christ is against the Messiah Jesus. It just denigrates him, and it actually it denies that he's a human person. 
So it's against him in that way. But the word anti, anti-Christ, anti-Messiah, can also have the idea of instead of or in place of. The Trinitarian deity of Christ is anti-Christ in the sense that not only the Spirit is opposing Jesus the Christ, but presents another Christ instead of or in place of the real biblical Jesus Christ. A God-man Christ is not the biblical human Jesus Christ of Nazareth. The Trinitarian Antichrist is a fake. He's an imposter Christ. The Trinitarian deity of Christ, God-man, is another Jesus, another gospel, as Paul mentions in 2 Corinthians 11, 3-4 and Galatians 1, 6. So, an exhortation. In the spirit of gentleness, deity of Christ claims should be confronted with the challenge Anytime that somebody says, oh, Philippians chapter 2, this is an obvious reference to the deity of Jesus, or John chapter 1, verse 1, here's the deity of Jesus. I think we can say, oh, so you don't believe that Jesus was a human person. And they'll probably say, well, no, of course I believe he's a human person. He's human and divine. But no, you can't have two persons. The church decided this a long time ago, that Jesus is not two persons. And this is pretty easy to understand. If Jesus was a God person, then he's not a human person. There's not two persons in Jesus. You can either be a God person or a human person. The God person didn't come and kick out the human person. So we can ask, do you deny that Jesus the Messiah was a human person? And I intentionally use that word deny because as anybody who came from a Trinitarian or even oneness background, if you come to the understanding that God, Jehovah, is one and that Jesus is his human Messiah, you'll be accused of denying Christ, denying the Messiah. But actually, no, the shoe is on the other foot. They are denying that Jesus, the Messiah, was a human person. And perhaps even more serious, that Jesus, the Messiah, is a human person. Are you saying in your heart, we will not have that man rule over us. This is Bill Schlegel for the One God Report podcast. If you enjoy the podcast, please rate it and write a review on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. That will help others to find us and share the podcast on social media. For constructive discussion, you are welcome to join the One God Report Facebook group. Yishma'u anavim v'yishma'u. The humble will hear and rejoice.